This is Friday, August 13th. Years ago now, Sandy and I were invited to the 60th birthday party of a very wealthy member of our community. I didn't feel exceptionally close to this man, but it seemed like an opportunity to become closer friends. So we went to the party. And let me tell you, at that party, no expense was spared. Tables were filled with the best food. There was no shortage of wine. Entertainment had been brought in to make the evening truly special. Now, as Sandy and I circulated around and met the other guests, two things stuck out to me. First, while there was an enormous amount of food, there really were not that many people at the party. And second, after meeting everyone that was there, we realized we were the only people there who did not work for this man who was celebrating his birthday. It made us wonder, how many true friends did he have? And for us, what began as a celebration ended in that sad realization. Now, here's our text for today. Numbers 23, verse 6, down through verse 12. So he went back to him and found him standing beside his offering with all the Moabite officials. Then Balaam spoke his message. Balak brought me from Aram, the king of Moab, from the eastern mountains. Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Come, denounce Israel. How can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce those whom the Lord has not denounced? From the rocky peaks I see them, from the heights I view them. I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob or number even a fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous and may my final end be like yours. Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I brought you to curse my enemies, but you have done nothing but bless them. He answered, Must I not speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? Now let's recap the story of Balaam and Balak. Balak is the ruler of Moab. And he saw Israel coming in his direction, and Israel presented a threat to his people and his rule. He desired a victory without war, if at all possible, so he hired a well-known prophet from the area named Balaam to place a curse on Israel. The Lord intervened in this plan, and would not allow Balaam to curse his people. The Lord did, however, allow Balaam to visit Balak. Balaam let Balak think everything was going according to plan, and, and the scene was all set. Balak had the appropriate altar built and everything that Balaam would need to fulfill his contract. And at the last moment, instead of cursing Israel, Balaam actually blesses Israel. The story unfolds like the drama of a contract killer that becomes friends with the person he's hired to kill. Then the two of them returned to hunt down the man that paid the contract. It's an amazing story. Now here's the thing to notice. It is one thing when your friends praise you, when you get compliments from those already in your corner. We expect this. There is nothing surprising in this. 
But what happens when an adversary gives you an honest compliment? Now that is something you pay attention to. So you can imagine Balak's shock when the prophet he's paid to curse Israel not only fails to do that, what's worse, Balaam actually delivers a blessing. Now we would expect the prophets of Israel to bless their own people, but not an outsider, a prophet that does not care about Israel. I want to return briefly to the party that Sandy and I attended. Of course, the people on the payroll, on his payroll, they'll be there. They have to turn up. But what about the people that do not have to attend? It turns out that they are the real wealth the man has. Not the ability to throw a lavish party. No, it's the friends that actually love him and, and not his money. And so we found this man to be quite poor indeed. Now the scripture says that in the end, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Every knee will bow. This does not mean that God will force people to their knees to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. No, it means that even opposers and adversaries will see the truth. In the end, the truth of Jesus' identity as our servant king, it will be clear for everyone to see. As we think about this passage, we rejoice that we have friends that bless us, and that's good. But are we living in such a way that even our adversaries might bless us? Even those that oppose us will see our love for them. This is the call of the gospel. Here's 1 Peter 2.12. Live such good lives among the pagans that, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Let's pray. Gracious and loving Father, we're tempted to love those that love us and to hate those that hate us, but we know this is not the way of Jesus. Teach us how to love our enemies and to return good even to those that oppose us. And in the process, let them see Jesus, the one that died so that enemies might become friends. For we pray in his name. Amen.